Raw Truth podcasts may contain explicit, sensitive, and questionable content. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual podcaster and are not based on the advice of a licensed psychologist, therapist, or other medical professional. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Women's lives follow many paths, twists and turns, and choices never planned nor expected. In life, temptation, anger, depression, and loneliness can lead a good person to make a choice that they can't take back. When facing judgment and isolation, a person can feel very alone. In this podcast, you will hear stories from women who made the choice to cheat on their spouses or partners. Hear their stories. This is Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. An anonymous and no-judgment podcast created and hosted by me, Rebecca Adams. I was an unfaithful wife. You are not alone. Hello and welcome to Raw Truth, Stories of Female Infidelity. This is Rebecca. Hope you've all been doing well. Today we're going to go ahead and finish up Janine's story. This is part three of three, and so if you're new to the podcast and this is your first time listening because it's the newest episode, I recommend you go back a couple of weeks and listen to parts one and two. So in part two of our story, Janine revealed the depths of her affair with Cody and when he moved away. She admitted she was really trying hard to stop thinking about him and focus on her marriage, but her husband had become very distant, spending a lot of time in the basement where he worked, but even when he had free time. She felt like she was basically a single parent. As the connection between her and her husband, it just wasn't there anymore. Uh, When Cody had come back into town, she found herself back in his hotel room, but her husband did find out about this, and when she told him the truth, he was naturally hurt. However, he was keeping a secret of his own. She found in his social media account that he had been seeing another woman and cheating on her, but continuing to put her down for what she did, manipulating the situation and being hypocritical about infidelity. After Sean returned from his trip, he told me he wanted to move back to his home state. He didn't want to work on our marriage anymore. I had cheated, and he was moving on with his life. He wanted to sell everything so he could put a down payment on a new home. His employer had already given him permission to permanently work from home. I could feel that he was no longer my husband. He looked like Sean, but his eyes did not match. It was a disorienting feeling, like when a boat is unmoored before the engine starts. We stopped speaking and eating together, and he spent all his time in the basement with her. I would reach inside myself to find him, but he was gone. I asked about the kids. He said he was not in an emotional state to take them. They would be better off with me in the city. He said they could live with him in the summer, and he also planned on taking the dog. I let this sink in for a few weeks. By now, the school year had about six weeks left. He said he would stay until school was over. We agreed not to say anything to the kids until more details were ironed out. 
My daughter told me that I looked exhausted and if dad was always gone or in the basement, that I should get out as well. I decided to take a 10-day visit to my home state. I brought my computer for work and my bicycle. By the time the visit was up, I knew I was moving home. My employer was okay with me relocating. I still had family and friends in my hometown, and the cost of living was much lower, and there were no one-hour long traffic jams. Once I made the decision, the clouds parted ways, and I could feel the energy of a new beginning. I was being carried on the wings of countless women before me. It was time to do what I should have done years prior. When I got back, I told Sean my plan to move back home with the kids. He didn't expect me to do that. He wanted me to stay in the city so he was closer to the kids. In my mind, if we were going to split and sell everything, then I was going to do what was best for the kids and I, not him. We told our kids the plan once school was out for the summer. They knew we had not been getting along, but they had no idea of what was coming. It all happened so fast after we told them. He bought a new house while I secured an apartment, set up schools and navigated the relocation plans for the kids and me. The house, land and everything we built was gone within seven weeks. It has been 10 months since we moved. The kids are now almost done with their first year of school away from their home. To say it has been hard would be an understatement, but it has been 100% worth it. I wake up happy every morning that no one is going to yell at me. Our apartment is cheerful and decorated in the way that I have always preferred. The kids have blossomed and they've been challenged to move beyond their own comfort zones. Although they miss their friends terribly, technology has helped them stay in touch. They have made friends in the apartment building and almost never bring up Sean and I as a couple. I love that they get to see the real me and me truly happy. As for Cody, after Sean found out who he really was, I called him telling him to block Sean on all social media. He and I spoke for about an hour and I reiterated that I loved him, but that I was going to work on my marriage and that he should do the same. I wanted to run into him so many times during the transition, but I kept myself in check knowing it would just complicate it more. We did not have any further contact until four months after I moved or 14 months since Sean found out. I reached out on a cold Saturday night, giving him a brief update and confessing that I never stopped thinking about him. He responded four minutes later, telling me he had been wondering about me nonstop. From there, we talked for hours over the weekend and had a few earth-shaking sexed sessions. He told me he loved me and wanted to explore polyamory together. My entire body was buzzing from happiness. None of the feelings had been forgotten or tamed. That was six months ago. We have talked a few times since then. He admitted that although he was unhappy in his marriage of almost 32 years, that it was too complicated to divorce. 
He is moving across the country soon with his family for a new job. He didn't think it would be a good idea to see each other. It was a blow to hear him say all of this. I was astonished that it could still hurt me so much after all these years. My heart shattered into a thousand pieces, immobilizing me for a few hours. I don't want to wait for the nursing home to have fun with him. I completely understand, though. I wish it were different, but it is okay that it isn't. I do not regret a single moment with him, even the painful parts. My only wish is that it would have happened sooner. I would not be the person I am today without him. My divorce from Sean will be finalized in a few months. He confessed to me that he had not been happy for a long time, but that he would have never left or cheated on me. The thing is, he had cheated on me with alcohol and drugs. They always came first. Sean was never Sean without them. He was a functional user and I completely enabled him. I was so scared of his temper that I pacified him any way I could. I realize now that most of my responses from the past 20 years have been a trauma response called fawning. I'm not over-exaggerating when I say that my brain feels lighter with him gone. A very heavy weight has been removed. I absolutely love living alone. I feel like I'm in my 20s again, but with the wisdom and financial security. I can fully center the kids while meeting my own needs. Mealtimes are no longer stressful. I enjoy being able to make food that I like without being criticized for how I am cutting the vegetables or whether I am using the right knife. As it turns out, I am great in the kitchen. The kids prefer my cooking. The apartment is clean and quiet, allowing me to work in peace during the day. I could not be more grateful to my employer for the opportunity to be fully remote. If you're out there wondering if you should have an affair, I say it depends. The affair was one of the best things that ever happened to me. I never felt more alive than I did sneaking away with Cody to reveal my secrets. He was my awakening to the sexual potential I didn't think I had. On the other hand, having a double life and keeping secrets takes its toll. The constant fear of getting caught and the grieving of an inevitable breakup that must be done in private are their own forms of hell. I encourage anyone listening who is suffering in a bad marriage and has the means to leave to find their exit. I really wish I would have left sooner. The kids are much better off being away from our dysfunction. Sean and I were trauma bonded, no longer in love. That trauma passed down to the kids and perhaps that is what hurts me the most. I don't plan on ever remarrying. I consider myself retired from traditional heterosexual marriage, ha ha. I am excited to explore my sexuality, not limiting my options to only men. I have had plenty of crushes on women and would be interested in exploring a new dynamic. As it turns out, there are whole communities of people who feel the way I do. 
I never thought I would end up back in my hometown as a single mother, but I know I am on the right path. I am ready to begin that second half of my life and do things the way I want to. I can't thank you enough for your podcast and telling stories so beautifully. I found your podcast right after the truth was revealed to Sean. Hearing your story along with all the others has helped me immensely. Keep up the good work and much love to everyone out there. Update. Cody and I fell back into regular contact after I took the kids to visit Sean for the summer. We started sexting quite a bit, imagining what it would be like to be together again. I loved having the freedom to chat with him whenever the occasion rose. Without the kids around, I could fully express myself and enjoy the experience for hours. He would tell me how much I turned him on and how sexy it would be to see me with someone else. As part of my goal of finding a community of like-minded people, I challenged myself and went to an adult-only campground for an overnight stay. I was so nervous that my foot was shaking when I applied the car brakes. Once I walked into the registration area, I knew it was all good by the campy decor and friendly staff. There were a few other people around, varying between naked to fully dressed. I was texting with Cody while nervously sitting at the pool trying to act normal. He urged me to take off my swimsuit and then send him a picture. It took me an hour to finally do it, but I did. Once that happened, a freedom that I can't describe came over me. I started talking to the other people. It was a perfect late June evening. The sun was setting over the fields, turning the sky the color of cotton candy. Once I realized I was older than them, I got up as if hypnotized and then did a cannonball into the pool. More layers stripped away as I was underwater, not feeling the restrictions of a tight suit. I felt reborn by the time I popped up out of the water. I had never done anything so bold. The rest of the evening was spent swimming and splashing like a mermaid in the pool with complete strangers. Nothing sexual happened with anyone. I met a nice group of people who invited me to a party they were having in the coming weeks. I went back to my cabin without incident, feeling at ease. Cody was with me the whole time, living vicariously through me. I wished so much that he was there in the physical form to share the feelings. I didn't push through anything, though, because he already said seeing me would be too difficult. I settled for thinking of it as all a crazy summer fling, knowing once the kids returned that I would have no time for naked campgrounds or Cody. A week later, Cody informed me that he would be driving through my state less than an hour from me on his way back from their new home. He wondered if maybe we should see each other. Suddenly, I felt panicky. Maybe it was all a bad idea and best left in the past. There is a safety in a long-distance relationship that I was scared to give up. But on the other hand, when would this opportunity arise again? 
He was leaving the Midwest soon, and I knew once this all happened, all opportunities would be gone. Less than 40 hours later, I was waiting for him in a hotel room. The room number I was assigned is my lucky number, making me feel like I was doing the right thing. He was 90 minutes away upon my arrival, giving me time to calm my nerves. When I heard the knock, my heart nearly leapt out of my chest. I opened the door and then pulled him into the room. He was taller than I remember. His frame took up the whole doorway. We moved to the bed while he took off his shoes and clothing. He didn't even go to his room first. I was too keyed up to do anything sexual for a while. We just spent a lot of time looking at each other, holding our bodies close, not wanting the moments to ever end. I remember the evening more as a warm feeling in my center, a constant drip of dopamine for 12 hours. There were moments when I couldn't talk because I just wanted to feel it. I sank into the bed pressed up against him like a puppy, happy to see its best friend. Once I relaxed, he was eager to make good on those sexting conversations and made me scream several times. We stayed up the entire night loving each other, almost never leaving the bed. Before he left, we loosely arranged for one more hurrah in the coming weeks. I drive through his city to reach the exchange point where Sean and I meet with the kids. Cody would be there when I was set to drive through in two weeks. A smile did not leave my face for days. I knew it was all in vain, but what the hell? It seemed like better than sitting in my apartment and watching TV. I liken Cody to stepping on a garden rink. Sometimes I manage to dodge the blow or it doesn't hit me like I think it will. Sometimes I'm expecting it so I can brace for it. I get cocky and think I have somehow outsmarted it. I knew I was stomping on the rake, but I did not care. I needed to feel him again before he was completely out of reach. I booked a room with a king-size bed close to his location. His family was out of state for the night, giving us full reign of an evening again. I had already dropped off the kids and was close to the hotel when my car blew up. It was a terrible fiasco, but thankfully Cody was able to come to my rescue on a busy highway. You wouldn't believe it, but then his car blew up while rescuing me. I can't even get into the nightmarish events that occurred afterwards. It took five hours out of our time, but once we were reunited at the hotel, it was game on in the bedroom. I didn't feel nervous about anything. The insanity of the day had us both in a frenzy. I loved the way he could handle me using his size to hold me in positions. Once I have an orgasm, I can go for hours, and he did not stop pleasuring me until I told him to. Even then, we kept going because we just wanted more of each other. He didn't spend the night, but he came back in the morning to drive me to the repair shop. I was informed that they could not look at it until the following day. We drove back to the hotel and I booked another night. We got back into bed picking up where we left off. He stayed until midday, 
then left to tend to his family affairs. I knew he wouldn't be coming back. My car needed a part that was not available, so I had to stay for a third day. The hotel I was in was booked for the third night, forcing me to find another place to stay. I was so aggravated by everything. I was helpless in an unfamiliar city with no car and little belongings, not to mention the cost of lodging in a hotel for two extra days, the tow and expensive repair. I wanted to lay on the ground and start screaming, but composed myself and found another place closer to where my car was being fixed. I spent the day wandering around the area, reliving the previous weeks. I wonder what I would see him again. The familiar mixture of happiness, sadness, and anger started swirling. I recused myself from feeling anything. In our many conversations, Cody said he had planned on staying married. The complication of divorcing are not due to health reasons or a prenup or even kids under 18. Just that he doesn't want to change anything for fear of upsetting the status quo in his life. And why should he if I am willing to enable him? I mulled over the idea of sending him my story. I've had a hard time communicating directly and knew my real feelings would come through in words. Cody was apologetic and did what he could to lift my spirits through texting. He told me to look for the signs of his being a positive thing and maybe something good would come of it. It made me so mad because I didn't want to hear that from him. I wanted to lash out because here I was, his secret lover for 12 years stranded just miles away and he may as well be on another planet. I wanted him with me. I wanted a hug. I wanted one of his big t-shirts to wear. Anything but to be away from him. The hardest part was accepting the flashing red neon sign saying that he wasn't coming for me. It was all the more bitter because the whole thing was self-imposed. A mob of garden rakes slapped me from every direction. I nearly wept when I finally got the call that my car was fixed. It was also my 48th birthday. The three-hour drive home was spent asking myself a lot of hard questions, then sitting in quiet listening for the responses. I sent Cody my story after I got home. I felt a weight lift off me when I did, because even though we had two glorious rendezvous, that the story was still going to end the same way. He was still moving with his family, and I was done being his secret, or anyone else's. He was moved to tears reading my version of our story. The flaws were suddenly obvious on his end, and he realized how much I was hurting. He asked what I wanted from him. I told him plainly I wanted him to come clean and then spend a year living alone attending regular therapy sessions. I wanted him to heal the same way that I am trying to. I don't want to be another man's mother. A day later, he sent a message releasing me, saying I didn't deserve to be a secret and that even though he loved me deeply, he was not brave enough to leave his marriage. He asked if he could check in after touching my numb heart. 
Deep down though, I knew it was the right thing and I'm relieved to be free. It's only been a few weeks since this all occurred. I'm so lucky to have friends close by in a quiet space to process my emotions. I have been to a few lifestyle parties over the summer and have met a group of wonderful people. I feel safe letting my guard down, revealing that I am healing from a restricted 20-year marriage and an affair. I don't want to bring baggage into my future relationships. I don't want to ruin anyone else's life or marriage. I want to show up authentic with no secrets. The days are getting shorter, telling me that it's time to wrap up any summer shenanigans and get ready for the school year. This was my first summer without being a parent, and it was absolute heaven. I did everything I wanted to do on my own time. No one yelled at me. I didn't have to wrangle kids and pets while trying to work full time. And I got a lot of time to get to know myself again. Thank you again for everything. And thank you, Janine, for sharing your story. You wrote it beautifully, and I'm really happy that I was able to share this because I feel that there are a lot of women listening and even men who will benefit from your points throughout your story. Being able to look at the marriage you're trying desperately to work through because in your heart, that's what you want to do. But no matter how hard you tried and communicated, it wasn't sinking in. And as you and I spoke afterwards, I find it really troubling that he kept, as in your husband, kept pushing you expecting you to be groveling on your knees for all the things you did. And you were very, very sorry and apologetic and willing to do everything. I know you were. But he had this other woman in his back pocket. Once he found out you cheated, he cheated. Now, revenge cheating does not help anything. Nor does keeping your partner who did cheat in a position of obedience where anything or, I mean, at any given time, he could simply say, well, you did this to me and you deserve it. When he himself truly was no better. And even though he cheated after you did, that doesn't make it right. Cheating in general, we all know is not the right way to go. And finding yourself as you finally did to get out of the marriage, to be able to find yourself Realize there's so much more to your life that you deserve to learn about because we only live this life once and we need to be able to be who we need to be for ourselves and be the best people we can for ourselves and our children. Thank you again so much for sharing your story. Definitely keep in touch. On Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity, I share stories of women who have been unfaithful to their spouse or partner. I give them a safe space to be able to explain what happened and why they chose the direction of infidelity. But I also feel it is just as important to understand what the betrayed husband or partner faced when he uncovered the truth. I remember when she went to Amsterdam for a weekend with her two school friends for a reunion. 
On her return, we had sex the next day, and I felt a stinging sensation down below. This went on for a few days, and I decided to go to the hospital. It turns out I had contracted chlamydia. I definitely knew I hadn't been with anyone else, so it must have been from her. I told the nurse this, and she said, I think you need to talk to your wife. I confronted her, and she swore she hadn't had sex with anyone else. She said she might have gotten it from one of her friends as they shared a towel in the hotel. I was so naive to believe this. She swore she didn't know where it came from. I just didn't know what to believe, but I think it was either from Bill or someone else she had met and had unprotected sex with yet again in Amsterdam. To hear exclusive stories of the men's discovery of female infidelity in their relationship, have early access to regular episodes ad-free and more extras, subscribe to my Patreon by visiting my website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com. Subscription pledges start as low as only $4 a month. You have been listening to Raw Truth Stories of Female Infidelity. Your support of Raw Truth Podcasts is truly appreciated. When you visit the website, rawtruthstoriesoffemaleinfidelity.com, you will find the story guides to help form your story, where you can subscribe to Patreon for exclusive episodes, and to vote for the podcast to be in the Hot 50 Countdown for Podcast Magazine. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to my other podcast, Let's Ponder with Rebecca Adams, where taboo topics are discussed. To submit your female infidelity story, share feedback, or have general questions about the show, please email rebecca.rawtruth at gmail.com. <laughs>